If you've ever wondered what the secret was to being forever young, well, you just might have tuned in on the right day. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. I absolutely had to have my Aunt Connie on my podcast. Connie was married to my mom's oldest brother, my uncle Ron, both beautiful, lovely people. They had a son together and his name is Hugh. I think I've mentioned my cousin Hugh. Um, And then as life goes, sometimes uh, they marriages um, don't necessarily work out for everybody. And they parted ways, but we never parted ways with Connie. Connie is forever our family member, forever my aunt. Um, but I was prompted to want to have Connie on because of a video that she sent me of herself at a concert Uh, living life to the fullest. She got chosen and plucked out of the audience on her 75th birthday. And she just mesmerized me. So there was so much to her anyway, but then seeing that video, there's a timelessness about her that is so anchored in something. And I wanted to kind of do a little bit of of, uh, poking around to see what that was. So I asked her to be on the podcast and that is who I have with me here. So buckle up people, stay with us, hang with us in our conversation. There will be some reminiscing and things that maybe uh, you have to wade your way through because you know not of which we speak, but um, hang in. There's some gems all the way to the very end. So I can barely believe that you and I are together today, Connie, because I have had to move the date with you multiple times. We had email challenges once before. We had email challenges today, but because you're tenacious and I'm tenacious, we are here together. Ah! <laughs> um, I love you. Let me just say. Me too. I love you very much. Um, You are inspirational to me. You always have been. But the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast was to celebrate you and just you're too fun and you're too smart and you're too creative and you do too many cool things that it was not uh, reasonable for someone like myself to sit with you, not sit with you and ask you a bunch of questions. But I do want to just reminisce a little bit, which isn't going to mean anything to anybody listening <laughs> because they can't reminisce with us. But in telling my story, I cannot leave you out. First of all, I will say you taught me Now, I don't know if you still drink coffee or if you drink it this way, but you taught me, and I shared this with Jonathan the other day, the proper way to drink coffee. We were visiting you when I was little, and I what I mean by you, it was you, Ron, and Hugh at the time. We were visiting you, and you had a cup of coffee, and I looked at your coffee over the rim, and um, it looked 
milky and light in color. And you asked me if I wanted to taste and it tasted sweet and creamy with a little bit of coffee. Do you still drink it that way? No, I have uh, three espressos when I first get up in the morning, all in the same cup with no cream. So when did you cross over? Now I'm going to have to try that. I just remember thinking this tastes like candy. And that's how I, when I really want to enjoy my coffee, it is loaded with cream, plenty of sugar and, um, and then coffee, but you don't drink it that way anymore. No, 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 no. I, I, I add three shots, completely black, deliciosis gets me off for a, a good start of the day. Well, then um, uh, I'll just have to hold that memory dearly. But um, just as we visit, I remember you, and you're still exactly the same. I remember <laughs> you as this um, bright light, um, encouraging, creative easy to sit with, easy to be with from my earliest memories of you. And, um, you know, families change and, and things happen and move on. And, uh, you and Ron, Ron being my mom's older brother for not for people that are listening and don't know, um, we're married. You had my cousin Hugh, um, which I just spoke to this morning and he said, have fun with my mom. Well, we texted, um, but, uh, we, you visited us a lot down in Southern California and you were mostly living at that time in my memory in Northern California. But I just, when it was time for you guys to come, I just couldn't contain my excitement that you would soon be there. And it was everything I hoped for. You were just hip and cute and lots of fun and you still are. And I, um, I remember you coming to my school. You might not remember this, but it was, um, you were down to visit and you popped into my school before the weekend came and, uh, you had fun with me and the rest of my classmates. And I just thought this is the coolest thing ever that, that they, meaning you and Ron, but you in particular as well, honor me. And I didn't use that word back then, but I mean, you were just really honored me. You hung my artwork work in your house. And so I can't thank you enough for being that nurturer of my creative side, but you, my friend are quite my friend and aunt, you are quite creative yourself. Would you say? Uh, yes. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait for it. <laughs> and uh, that's Muir Woods in Northern California. Okay. So the people that aren't able to see, these are beautiful photographs. Once in Aison Provence in France. Oh, serious? Okay. So now you're getting fancy. But, um, uh-huh. Um, I know you were just saying, share a little bit, if you don't mind saying, um, when we greeted each other, you were telling me how blessed you were and you were sort of breaking down kind of the history of where you're sitting right now, looking a little bit hindsight over your shoulder and the life that you had. You want to, want to share that with the audience a little bit about, about your journey just briefly. Um, 
journey from where to where wherever you want I mean you were sharing about Bob and you were sharing about yeah just share that again yeah um well my husband was just he was the most kind-hearted honest highest integrity and and low almost no materialism and um and then um so I became so during the early course of the marriage, well, uh, in a few years into the marriage, I became a master gardener, and uh, and currently, well, then I left the master gardener program after about three or four years, and then currently I belong to a spiritual group, and um, we meet online now. And half of the last two years. And so I'm glad we, excuse me, I'm glad we were able to, um, to share, continue the relationships because it's so crucial. I mean, it's very, it's enormously helpful to have, you know, uh, people in support. And then, uh, and then, uh, and I have bees and chickens. I have three chickens. And during the cold weather, they don't lay. But uh, I think our weather's been on the warm side. So hopefully I'll get some eggs today. Robin can tell the difference. My sister Robin can tell the difference in taste between it, uh, one of our eggs and store-bought, even the organic cage-free ones. And I can never tell. So if we're short of eggs, I let her have them because <laughs> I, I taste not. <laughs> And so currently I'm like doing that. Um, and what else? I know oh, just uh, maintain. I have a, a brilliant, wonderful uh, gardener who does. Uh, you, I, I wish I, I'll send you a picture after we get done at, in the garden during one of the springs where everything was all abloom. I'll send that to you. And I travel. I have a best friend, Diane. And we do all our traveling together. We're going to go to um, uh, Napa, Sonoma in the spring. And then uh, in Japan, I'm going on a on a, what's called Spirit Tours. Okay. And they're with a, a, we start the morning with prayer and meditation. With, and then I'm, I'm photographing, photographing the heck out of that place to go. And I'm sorry, I have to wait till next October. <laughs> so when did you um has has photography always been something that always. yeah even from way back when even from way back, there's a picture on my shelf in the bedroom of my mother that I took and it's in black and white so it's been I've always been the family photographer and I do I can do a beautiful portraiture uh, with the black background and uh with because of the camera and um, uh, the camera is, um, well, I've taken lessons for the last 20 years, Santa Fe School of Photography, which I totally loved uh, very much. That whole Southwest uh, and then San- Santa Fe and Sedona is so beautiful. Have you ever been down in that region before? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we I mean, I love both of them. I love the Santa Fe area. And, uh, and then, of course, um, Sedona is just Oh, a two-hour drive from where we're at right now. No, I absolutely love it. Incredible, just incredible. So, um, I sometimes I don't think it'll happen, but sometime I'll 
it would be nice to go back to Sedona because it's so magnificent, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I am taking an online course on um, uh, coming up in April on um, unusual portraiture. So it's not the, you know, sand and smile kind of thing, portraiture. Yeah, right. And, and I'm fine with ha having, uh, having it be Zoom. I know what I'm up to. I've been photographing since ever since right. forever um tell me a little bit about that i mean i'm just super curious so it, when you say it's not stand and pose what does that mean oh uh, well it's just it captured you want to work towards the the just you know revealing something of the inner person uh, i don't know it could be an expression or, or something like that it's just tuning in it's about tuning in to the client and to family right. and friends. I'm I, sorry I didn't get to photograph you and Jonathan when you were up here. I know, but I was just I was just gonna say we need to do that. But I was gonna say I remember after uh, Jim passed away, you it was really a, a powerful experience. You um, in your garden, you photographed me in kind yes. of the way that you're describing um, and to capture all that was going on in me. And I remember feeling that it was something that helped me move through grief in a really unique way. Like now that I'm thinking about it, Connie, I'm thinking I need to write about it because I don't think I did that, but I remember it very specifically. And there is something, I know people don't like some people, some people, not me. I love to have my picture ticket, but I mean, some people don't like to have their selves photographed, but uh -huh. I think there is something so um, healing about it because we can't always say, and expose ourselves in the way that we might want to, but I think a camera can capture that. Don't yeah. you agree? Oh, without question about it. And the better the picture, the more you've captured, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's my, it's, I can see, oh, my dog is a crazy thing. <laughs> That's okay. Mine goes off too. Oh, wow. She is such a barker. Oh, yeah. It's a new man. Um, anyway, so I'll let her out. For a minute. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. run away. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring the phone with me. Okay. Brat. You little brat. She's my, um, she's my everything along with my sister. Yeah. Along with Robin. We did a lot of famous uh, My sister, her son just had a boy. And they named him Atlas. Atlas? Atlas. I don't like it, but they. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> That's you. Do you I, like Atlas? I don't know. I, yeah, I like it, but I mean, I, just, like, I, don't, I, I just wrote a, a comedic piece about. Um, the, that generation choosing names that were unique and yeah. not to laugh at it, you know, um, long gone are the days of, of Bill and Sue, but Atlas, um, are they world travelers or something? Oh, no. Do no. You know what? Do you know, um, they are passionate, so passionate about Disneyland 
that they uh, had a professional photographer go and photograph them at Disneyland for a, an engagement book. And then they go one, three times a year. How people go stand those lines three times a year, I do not know. And then they're going to uh, Disney World. Oh, okay. And of course, they can't wait for that. Then they had a, a they buy they buy everything. Just a minute, let me get Mimi up in the bed. Okay. Here, here's Mimi. Mimi. Hello, Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Hi, Mimi. Her angel ears. Oh my goodness, she is Your really. She's really looking. <laughs> no. You know what? She is. She dates back to the uh, 16th century when women. Oh, oh, gosh. Women of the court would sit around all day waiting for the balls and dinners and festivities at night. And, um, and so they can sit on your lap forever. And I mean, it just, it's wonderful. What is, how what is the breed, Connie? It's called a papio. Papio. Yeah. It's a, yeah and, they, and she'll sit on my lap. And the, But she is a barker. But that's a good thing because, I mean, I'm here in this house alone. Right. And, I mean, I'm grateful. Yeah. I, that I am. I am. I'm grateful. And I oh. um. Uh, I have a barker too, and I feel the same way. I really, and we have you, I think you have wood floors or something, but we have concrete floors. So I think that, that having that lack of carpet to absorb when she barks, boy, we, uh, we feel it in our bones. But, oh. you know, um, I remember um, doing yoga with you back when I was a kid. And I remember gardening with you and you had chickens way back then and um and there's there's a youthfulness eternal youthful youthfulness in you um even in your appearance like you're just timeless and what do you attribute that to <sighs> must be good it's good karma that's all i can say i my my hairdresser frenchie she has the worst things that happened to her in relationships and her, one of her, her son is abusive and her ex-husband was abusive and she just can't cut a, 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 a second and she doesn't have one cent in retirement funds and she's 40 some 45 years old. So could it be that though, what you put out, you draw towards you? I, I, I have to hope so. I have to hope so. I just think I must've done, I always say I must've done something right. <laughs> <laughs> because you were, you were sharing at the onset of our conversation that, um, and your husband, uh, Bob was precious. You lost Bob, not terribly distanced from my, from Jim passing away. If I recall. <laughs> Um, uh, and Bob had a battle, if you don't mind my saying with cancer, and I'm sure that journey was very challenging for everyone who loved him, but in his passing, he, you were just saying earlier that he took that finances and provision was there for you. And you were really living into that. You said you're a world traveler and you remodeled your house and it's super efficient and comfy for you. Um, 
what do you have on your horizon in terms of, I know you mentioned the traveling, but in terms of um, celebrating life and your travels are, I mean, I, I mean, they, you have sent, you know what I want you to do? I want you to tell, this is you in a nutshell. You sent me a video of you dancing on a stage um, with someone of notable fame. Do you want to tell that story? It was in celebration of your 75th birthday. And I get this video of you and I had to watch it, Connie, over and over again. It, it is you in a nutshell. Can you tell us the story? Well, it was it was God's great gift, great great honor and gift to me. Uh, I was sitting third row back, fortunately, with a friend who had a camera and videoed the whole thing. And he came down into the audience right in front of me. I, he was and tell us who he is. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yes the greatest showman on earth. And I believe that 100%. So he comes and every, all these hands are up in the air and he touches my hand. And then I go up on stage and I, I and I just really got into the mood. I kind of swaggered when he swaggered, I swaggered when he kicked, when he kicked, I kicked. And it was it, 15,000 people were looking at me and my minister was in happened to be in the audience in the nosebleed section with his husband. And he said, is that Connie? <laughs> and Mal said, that's Connie. <laughs> and people afterwards came up to me like they loved it. I was like, I, I was star for a day. You sure were. Well, they had to have loved it. It was, uh, it was so impromptu. But you do have a little history um, in dance and you were uh, showing off everything that you recalled and remembered. But what is your what is your dance background? Um, I studied uh, ballet when I was a child and then as a high schooler, I studied modern dance because I'm just dys very dyslexic. OK. Apparently, uh, and so I have to do modern dance because I could never in we uh, my friend Diane and I go to line dancing we were there this morning and I, I'm just really dyslexic and so I, I'm going left when they're going right but it's good for my brain yeah to keep breaking those connections that are not the right ones so that that's uh, that's been a, a really a gift I feel like my whole life is full of gifts so yeah you know um I didn't know that I didn't know you were dyslexic um, oh I, yeah, really? oh Lord! I used to, I used to study for a test, a test until I thought my brains would fry because I was very um, ambitious. I wanted to succeed in school. I, I was determined. I was the first person to graduate in my family. I was determined I was going to be the, <laughs> the first one. It was uh -huh. going to be me, and it was. <laughs> so, and neither one of my. I mean, it's just really strange gifts. Uh, my neither one of my sisters uh, haven't didn't go to college. Robin didn't even graduate, and Jackie graduated, but they never read books or anything like that. They didn't study art. It, you know, so we, I, it's so strange to have three people, such different people. The two sisters were alike. Both of them dominant, incredibly dominant, and uh, 
And as a matter of fact, um, Robin's uh, son had the baby Atlas and um, Mallory is like a really strong, fierce woman. But I say, um, and, and she always wants, she wants to change their last, the baby's last name to her family name. So that sent Robin smoking through the air. And she, <laughs> and she, and so she said, uh, so I said, you know, Mallory doesn't know that Robin is undoubtedly the stronger of the two. Robin's had all <laughs> that experience. She's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. I had the blessing uh, last summer to meet up with you and Robin, and I hadn't seen Robin since I was a kid. Um, so it was so fun to be refreshed by her. And she has such a fire in her spirit. Um, yeah, and, it does. Uh, yes, which is, yeah. which is recognizable and just her energy and, um, and the way she presents herself and her sense of humor. And it was, I really, when you see her to give her, my love. I do want to reminisce and visit and hear your input a little bit on your children. Um, and, uh, you know, um, they're both quite beautiful human beings and I, I, I haven't been around Todd in many years, but, um, you and Bob had a child, um, Todd, uh, but your firstborn is one of my favorite people and Hugh really, I mean, when I say his name and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being very transparent in the moment. When I say Hugh's name, I feel this energy right in here in my smile pockets. Like <laughs> I just get a tingle because that's what I, what I think of Hugh. Hugh is an individual through and through. Do you want to talk about that son first and then we can trickle down to Todd? Okay. Well, Hugh has, his life has been a roller coaster because uh, in, in, uh, he was a poor academic student, but that's not what it takes to have financial success in the money market. That is not uh, being a sweet person kind of thing. And then, but it was a roller coaster to ride. So, <coughs> excuse me. And he was wild and reckless when he was young. But then when he got older, he had, uh, he at, was one of the top salesmen at Cisco. And then he quit that something in, you know, he's always been driven by his own song. And, yeah. um, and so he he quit Cisco and then he stayed with me for like three months and had this uh, nightmarish relationship. And uh, she was abusive to him and he didn't think she was space faithful. But I uh, probably that was such a period of such low self-esteem for him. And um, and then and then the miracle, God's miracle happened and. And his friend, one of his friends from um, uh, high school, uh, Dave, plus they had been friends for the whole time since high school. It's a very close community in the small town that they're in. And he offered Hugh a job. And uh, one quarter, he was, the, he was the number one salesman in California uh, and then number fifth in the nation. So he just has an innate 
gift. That's his gift. And he shares. And the most incredible thing as well, the other thing, the other gift is how, how much he shares of that. I mean, he's, he's paying for me to have my house clean four days a week. Oh, is that the best? It is, is the best. Doesn't every woman want their house <laughs> every once a week? And I'm like, oh gosh, that's so wonderful. This is totally wonderful. I have the best memories of Hugh. And you're right. He he marches out ahead in a fearlessness. I remember um, our grandma you remember you know Mackie you yeah uh and she I could hear her holler so Hugh would come visit (laughs) for chunks of time you know in the summer or on a and I would hear her holler like really nobody else could um and and I'll pull back from the mic so I don't blow people's ears she'd say get out of the street he would be in on his big wheel a little bitty fellow i mean oh great down the street and daredevil a a daredevil and could do anything um and also very persuasive and if you weren't easily persuade uh he helped you by uh maybe pushing the issue a little bit i remember yeah right after you guys arrived once he wanted to play. We were not, I, I wasn't really into it. Mark, they were, you know, younger than me, but Hugh um, found a pitchfork and he kind of um, positioned us against the wall with a little bit of a, with a little bit of a threat. Like, no, I think you might want to rethink that. I think you might want to play with me, but all in good fun. And, you know, a sweetheart. I, I know another time I was on the road, <laughs> and uh in high school with a with a choir trip and um Hugh was down for uh I think it was spring break and my mom I called home and my mom said wait just a second just a second and I hear her also open the door and she said Hugh get off the cow somehow he was on a neighbor's and it was so those kinds of stories and I could go on and on but it must have filled your life always with excitement and and I'm sure now you're quite proud because he's always been worthy of praise because he's had a heart and you know um I don't know that I knew of him as someone who struggled uh, I knew that school probably wasn't always his favorite place, but um, yeah. I always thought maybe that was because he had a lot of mischief that maybe distracted him. But um, he's just a smart, smart businessman. And, and, you're, as, and you're right. Very, very, very generous. And I love him so much and funny and handsome and all of that. Yeah. Funny. Totally really? funny. Very yeah, funny. We're, we're supposed to get uh did he tell you that uh, Max won three races? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I saw that. Then, As a matter of uh, fact, I want Max on the podcast. We just haven't had a chance to coordinate yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and then what else? Oh, so we're going to get together and celebrate because he's just been a champion. And what else? There was something else. Oh, well, it'll come to me. So tell us about Todd. Oh, Todd. Well, now Todd is my other millionaire 
And um, <laughs> so I should get, say, let me get multi-millionaire. You get your house cleaned four times a week, and you have two millionaire children. Uh, multi-millionaire. Multi. Mm-hmm. Terry, let's multi. and you know what the funny thing is with Todd he and Elisa are very uh, they're in unison about an Asian attitude about money you let your money make money and they're very conservative like I said Todd because they have parents I mean they have to drag their kids around for school and so forth and I said why don't you have your house cleaned once a week and he said, well, I'll think about it. And he said, but no, we're not going to. And I'm thinking, come on. When does enjoy life come into this? <laughs> oh, goodness. But they think in, in harmony and they have the things that bring them uh, much uh, joy. They, uh, he did a demonstration, I videotaped a demonstration of him with this electric pizza oven that gets up to 900 degrees. Oh, wow. And of course, Hugh has one. <laughs> I sent the video to everybody. Of course, Hugh has one. <laughs> and uh, let's see. So, and their kids are both gifted. They both uh, speak Mandarin. They, how about that? Wow. And they, they call it when Lucas has a, a problem at school, he'll call his grandfather. Um, <laughs> it won't come to me. Uh, he, uh, anyway, so he, he'll, he helped him to the early years. And now Lucas, now listen to this. He is, he's 12 years old. He is an investor with his own money. And he, so far, he's made over fifteen hundred dollars. Well, my goodness! So, it's so he's starting off to the whole thing of let your money make money. Is there any other way, Terry? Well, <laughs> uh, apparently not. <laughs> Which I would not have very many uh, students <laughs> sign up for my course. Um, I, I've let my creativity make my money, and yeah, so I have just well, a couple of nickels to rub together. Um, but, but you are a considerably gifted and, oh, you. and, 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 and a really gifted person intellectually. And then, and then just about the, uh, kind of, uh, uh, understanding of the world. That's that you, I mean, hello, I wish that were mine, but mm-hmm. I'll settle for what I got. Yeah. Oh. You're, 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 you're loaded with it. I remember, um, <laughs> you cutting loose your gifts are like many you know and like i said that i have had the blessing of of them bestowed upon me but i remember in my first wedding you um the 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 floor kind of cleared for you to do uh an impromptu dance i don't know if you remember that when i uh, when jim and i got married years ago um but you were just a star and you're still a star so with when I close my eyes, I just go back in my years with you and there just isn't really a hiccup. What, um, what, uh, you know what I mean? Like you and I talked about what we would talk about while we were together today and you tossed out fleshing out aging 
And as I, like I, in my mind, I can barely buy that I'm the age that I am, which I will not say out loud, but um, mostly because it's just funny to say that. But uh, I, aging can either be a, a stumble through or it can be a rapid decline. And I know that sometimes that's not always an individual's um, in an individual's control, but you have done it so gracefully. Thank you. Do you have anything to say to me about it? Uh, I have one word and that is pause. And that has to, that came out of one of my conferences is that when you pause and, and, and uh, for a minute in life, then you breathe in life. You, when you pause your you expand your awareness when you pause you are more open to um you know things that are in your environment and stuff it's all about giving yourself time for everything and that's like in today's world no 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 (laughs) so true but um can you, can you expound a little bit more? Because I'm very intrigued by it because I'll tell you something. There's something in me and I don't totally know where it comes from that feels hurried. And it's not that I am necessarily that way, but I even sometimes, Connie, catch myself holding my breath. Uh-huh. Like, huh? Yeah. You know, to, 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 to like, like I'm not doing something fast enough or wait a second, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I'm, re- and as recent as yesterday, I have thought I need to pause. I need, uh, why am I feeling like I'm in a hurry, you know? And what, so can you like help me a little bit and flesh that out? What was this conference that you went well, to where this came up? If you, uh, uh, when you pause, you give yourself time to reflect. And um, what was I going to say? It was just on the tip of my tongue. Dang it. Anyway, um, when you, oh, well, anyway, when you were a little girl, you were very anxious about the whole environment. It was just, it was in you as a part of your DNA. I can remember one time there was a sack, something like a sack or whatever on top of the refrigerator and I'll never forget, you thought it was going to fall on you. For real? Yeah. I don't know. That kind of makes me want to cry, but I understand it. It rings. I don't remember that, but I, I, well, I. Well, you were I, like probably five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, five Just, probably. And, you know, I, I, I am hyper aware. I, you know what I mean? As a, as a as a human being. And I'm not sure if that's just, um, uh, an innate thing or if it is, um, you know how they say, is it nurture or is it nature? I'm not really sure. I think that some of it is, and I'm not just saying this about myself, but I, I was extremely bright as a little child. So sure. I think that that made it, more so where it heightened my awareness, but I think the, the awareness somehow mixed with something that then also made me very fearful, anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I, I get it. But, um, 
in the pausing, it gives us time to reflect. And how do, in your opinion, how does that, uh, change our, our journey from one day to the next? Do well, you think? I, I, I don't think I have an answer to that, but when you're in the present moment, you're not in the past, the future, which are both not real. There's no, you're, because you think you're, you're uh, projecting into the future. It's just false. You're only, you only have the present moment. So, but I think uh, most cultures, uh, that is the case that they, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, anyway, so I think most, almost all cultures, well, probably not some of the more primitive ones, like in the forest and stuff like they are, have to be in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Cultures, we are uh, outside of ourselves. I, every day is a practice day for me to um, be in my body. I wake up in the morning as, and I actually feel what something feels like when I'm driving the car. I actually feel what it feels like being in the car and it vivifies everything. Wow. Shucks. You know, and even thinking like when you were saying uh, not to go into the future because it's not real, but so we're kind of then um, if we're, you know, I, I, I do understand looking in a rear view mirror for a reflection as to learn from something, but not to stay there because you're right. It's gone. It's not real. And then to look in the future, not having happened yet, but the things that age us in a way that we don't want to be aged have are, are grounded in, I think, worry over concern. And that all has to do with not staying in the present. Don't you think? Yes. And I see, I don't worry. I used to worry, but I don't worry anymore. I have concerns. Okay. But if you, if you worry, you're turning, you're relinquishing your power of, of like, of choice. Say that one more time. If you, if you let, if you uh, latch onto the future, you're relinqu relinquishing your power of choice in the present, which is the only choice you have. Oh, wow. That is so true. Where does this wisdom come from in you? I have been on a spiritual path. With me, I started when I was a little girl. I was the only one in my family that wanted to go to church. And my mom would send me in a taxi for 50 cents. And um, she would, so I would go. But there was something in me that said no to uh, that. That's a sin, and that's not. I, I couldn't. I, I my humanity just wouldn't allow for something for someone to have sin, and then not. Uh, and then uh, I just, I, I just knew it wasn't true. So I don't. I mean, my, my friend Diane, she was raised a Catholic, and that's you're going to die in hell. The concept of hell and stuff, you know, hogwash. So you're so the you're, heaven you make is it within yourself the spiritual journey that you have been on has that been a cornerstone to your vivaciousness uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question I just know that like I said can you imagine the relief that you feel when you're not worried you have what? concerns as what? everyone 
should have concerns, but it's not enough to separate you from God. True. The, the, um, you know, as I, I feel like the older we get, you know, there is wisdom that comes our way, but I also do feel though, that there's something, like you said, it was something in my DNA, you know, I think there's things that I have been working on for years, but I also feel, um, that there's a disposition that I come to life with. And I, I see a similar disposition in you, a, a, an open, caring, positive disposition, which then I think changes, uh, the paths we take and the, and the perspectives that we have, because if our disposition would be a little bit, um, restricting or of a different tone, it would have changed what choices we make. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you agree? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, I'm, 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 I'm contemplating a lot about what I give my mind to and what you're saying is exactly that is that restricting the thought of tomorrow actually, um, gives today more room to blossom. Does that sound like a bumper sticker? (laughs) and you're very very funny you are very very how's your mom oh my mama she might be listening when we um when this airs she's uh she's good you know she has uh, a handful of health issues but relative to others she's just you know she she talk about someone timeless my mom, I, I saw, um, I saw an old video of Bewitched. Um, the actress's name escapes me right now, but, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh huh. And I remember when I was little watching Bewitched, I thought that my mom kind of, except for maybe a, a few of the features sort of resembled Elizabeth Montgomery, um, sort of resembled Bewitched. And I saw Bewitched yesterday on some old, uh, game show. And I thought my mom still does resemble her. My mom is very pretty and she, she looks, I don't know. She, she is, it, maybe it's the native American in her, but I mean, she just, I was, yeah, having, that's, I was across, that's a part of it. Yeah. It's, it, she, yeah. She's, um, she's, she's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And she would love to see and spend some time with you. I know we still have to try to figure out how to make that happen. I know we were on the verge of it when COVID hit and that sort of, you know, changed all of our travels and what have you. But, um, she is, uh, she's, you know, we're all in this interesting stage right now, you know, just kind of looking at what's going on in the world and having come from, a couple of significant years of shutdown, you know, I mean, we're, I think all trying the, trying the waters again. How are you doing? Were you able to avoid um, COVID? Yeah. Uh, Hugh had it twice. Right. And so, and Bridget had it once, I think he got the first time he got really sick, poor thing. 
And we did, I said, why didn't you tell me you were in the, it was in the hospital. And I said, why didn't you tell me you were in the hospital? And he says, cause I need, I, I was just sick and I knew everybody would call me and right. stuff like that. So that makes sense. Oh, and by the way, yeah, for his, he has had a dream come true for his generosity. <coughs> <coughs> He got uh, a, he, his whole life, he wanted a Ferrari and this car he found in a, in a, a garage that had been sitting there for like 14 years and it was all a wreck and everything. And, and the guy said, I just want to get rid of this. And he says, he told his repair people, just fix it. And for what? And so it cost $135,000 to fix it. And Hugh got it for, I don't, I don't know the price, but it's double the value in what he has with that car. And they even cut out and you'll get to see it when you come up here. It, uh, he took Robin at a hundred miles an hour down the expressway. <laughs> I'm, I, really, I'm sure you don't be shocked with you. So, uh, so you, you sit real long, but there's a cutout on the back part. It's very sleek. It's quite beautiful. Uh, and it's a cutout with a plexiglass or glass uh, covering the engine so you can actually see the engine. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we will find our way up there again. Uh, oh, sure. Of course this you will. Summer. Wouldn't that be lovely? And so oh, this summer. Even yeah. better than I thought. Yeah. And you could say, you could go to Tahoe again. They've had snow. They've had I a know, wonderful I'm so jealous. season. I don't I know did, what. I, I don't know what. Go ahead. Sorry. We're doing, yeah. I don't know what people do on the East coast with tornadoes. I have a friend who lives in Dallas. It's everything is severe. Everything. Severe this, severe cold, severe rain. Oh God. And here it's severe heat. So I don't know which one I, I I did share on a previous podcast about (laughs) last summer and staying at Hughes place in Tahoe. And it was so rejuvenating and peaceful. We took a, uh, a cross country 31 day road trip, Connie. And I, I know I told you that when we saw you, but it totaled 31 days, but it culminated with staying at, um, Hughes and then seeing you and then, uh, a short jaunt to see friends and family down the coast of California. But, um, we, I'd, I'd sign up for another one of those trips. I really did fully enjoy myself. But before we go, um, cause I could talk to you forever. Um, I am, I think, uh, I, I think it's natural. I'm a natural encourager. So I like to be encouraging to the people that are listening. Is there any bit of encouragement that you would say, or something that would maybe be poignant or, or whatever. I mean, it doesn't really matter that you would like to say as we close. Well, what I would say is that, uh, you set a really fine example and you probably haven't mentioned to your audience that you were interviewed by Oprah Winfrey for a TV show. And I couldn't believe they didn't choose you, but there you are like the, the most famous and the most influential for centuries to come will be Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And you sit next to her. 
you sit right across from her. I, I'm I'm jealous of that every time I even think about it. <laughs> uh, but Hugh's supposed to have lunch sometime. It's been a while with uh, Stedman. Yeah, I heard. That's and he invi- yeah, he'll, he's invited me if it ever comes about. And I'm hoping it comes about because I want to I want to meet the man that shook the hand. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. A little kiss on the cheek would be just fine. Oh, one more thing. One, and I'll be quick. Yeah. I had my dream come true. Uh, when uh, I went to my Villa Montava where I volunteer at, but I, I, I bought tickets for Judy Collins. Do you know who she is? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So she was there and they moved the, I mean, the whole thing was just blessed. They moved the venue from outside to inside and that put her about 25 feet from me. No. And you couldn't take pictures. It was totally in the dark. And this is the most incredible part. She told story, a story after every song that was, they were ravishing stories about being in the very center of the music industry when Bobby, when Bob Dylan was Bobby Dylan. Right. And then uh, she looked ravishing, gorgeous. And then uh, I don't know if you remember, she has this big white hair and it's it's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was all there. I was like, Oh, and how long ago was this? Oh, just, uh, just uh, a couple months ago. Oh this my real recent. Yeah, it was a dream come true. Because, you know, she talks about, I've looked at life and I applied it to myself. I've, and you do too. I looked at life from both sides now. Oh my gosh. I got all, I got, my nose got hot and I got teary eyed again. I looked at life from both sides now. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Is that wise or what? Right. And, and we all have, you know, I looked at my life when I was 19 in San Diego and and then now and stuff like that. And what remarkable changes have happened. And you can look at your life like that too. You know what? That is the great way to end this podcast. I don't want to say goodbye to you just yet, but I'm going to stop recording for a moment. And then you and I could say goodbye. But Connie, I speak for my audience as well, that you are love, you are joy, and you are a ton of fun. And I have been inspired once again by you. So um, hang on, because I want to say goodbye to you. But let me just give you a goodbye from the Terry Summers podcast. Oh, I walked away with so much from today's episode. But I think the thing that might just change my life is the idea of pause. Hmm. So good. Well, let's pause for a moment. And I will see you back next week. Uh, thank you once again for being a listener to the Terry Summers podcast.